Hi, everyone. I'm Gail Simmons, and this is Cook Tracks. Everybody, I'm Rach, Rachel Ray, and you're listening to Cook Tracks. It's a brand new, super cool way to cook. Each episode will be right alongside you. Well, kinda, we'll be in your ear, taking you step by step through a dish or a meal in real time. We'll be adding a little pinch of tips, tricks, and fun stories to keep you guys entertained and up your cooking game. Needless to say, we've got your back in the kitchen. I mean it, guys. You literally don't have to worry about a thing. I'm going to keep you on track with my buddy, Cappy. Think of him as our kind of play-by-play announcer for the cook-along. And since not all stoves are created equal, boy, do I know that. If you guys get a little caught up, just hit pause. You don't have to read a recipe, and it isn't rocket science. This is not something you're supposed to take seriously. We want you guys to have fun. Follow along, and at the end of each episode, we'll have made a dish or a meal from start to finish together. Gather up your ingredients, pour yourself a drink or a cup of tea, and turn your volume up to 11. This is Cook Tracks. For this episode, we have one of my absolute favorite people, Gail Simmons. She's been on our daytime show a ton, and she's been in our magazine. She's just an all-around cool, down-to-earth, smart, talented woman. And as if I didn't have enough reason to love her, she's cooking a recipe from her book, Bringing It Home. I'm telling you, this is a must-read and a must-have for your kitchen. I love my copy, and I've used it a lot. She's cooking up the ultimate breakfast sandwich. Like, are you kidding me? I would eat this any hour of night or day. Let's talk prep work. You can keep on listening to this episode, but if you go to your episode notes on your device or cooktracks.com, you'll find the ingredients and equipment list that you need to cook along with us. All right, Cappy's in the kitchen with Gail. Take it away, Cap. All right. Thanks, Rach. We are here in Gail Simmons' kitchen at home, and her son is downstairs taking a nap. Yes, so let's hope he doesn't decide that he wants egg sandwiches. So uh, tell us what you're making, and then let's go through a roll call of ingredients of what you have laid out in front of you. Sure. I'm making my ultimate breakfast sandwich. I believe in breakfast sandwiches. I think they make the world better in the morning. Agreed. But I'm very particular about my egg sandwiches. And so I devised my absolute perfect ultimate breakfast sandwich Wait, for you. I'm sorry to digress, but how do you feel about like a New York City bodega egg sandwich? I feel good about it. Okay, good. But I think it's missing a really key element. Ooh, and we're going to learn what that is. Yes. Amazing. So roll call. Roll call of ingredients. It's going to sound like a lot for an egg sandwich compared to the bodega egg sandwich. But I think when you try it, you'll understand why. There's like purpose behind it. Yes. Them. So... All of the ingredients in front of me, eggs, cheese. I use a sharp cheddar slice. There's an argument to be made for American cheese, but not in this sandwich. I like a sharper cheese. Mustard, pepidou peppers, which are mildly piquant, sort of a spicy sweet pepper from South Africa, actually. There's purpose behind that one, too. Mayo, pickles, kosher full sour dills. That's important. Yeah. Butter. Hot sauce, tomatoes, lettuce, and rye bread. I love how this is all coming together. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of funky ingredients. It's exciting. So if you are missing one of these ingredients or you need to go grab one from the refrigerator, feel free to hit pause, come back and join us, and we're going to start uh, rocking out this egg sandwich. 
Did I say salt and pepper? I just want to make sure that salt and pepper is like a given. Salt and pepper is a given and hopefully is on your counter in a little ramekin or cute jar or bowl or dish. Such like as this. Gail has. <laughs> so why are you obsessed with this dish or an ingredient in this dish? Well, I'm obsessed with this egg sandwich in particular because I think it is the perfect balance of fatty cheese and egg with a great nutty bread. The rye bread really brings a dimension to it, layered with pickles, pepperdues, and mustard, which add this acidic note and just bring the whole thing into balance. I think it's exactly the way an egg sandwich should be. All right, let's do this. So the first thing I like to do is cook the eggs, get them out of the way, set them aside. I'm actually gonna grab a plate to put them on. And I wanna do my eggs first because I wanna make sure that they're cooked to the proper doneness. And even though they'll cool a little bit, when they go back into the hot sandwich, it'll all work out and they'll be rewarmed. Got it. So I'm gonna start by making my eggs. I'm gonna fry them. You can do a scrambled egg if you feel so inclined. Putting on my gas, hold on. Okay, we're good. So you have about like a 10 inch skillet. Yeah, this is a nonstick skillet. Nonstick skillet, got it. It makes it a little easier, for the eggs, if you don't have a nonstick skillet that's this size, just use a little more butter. Yeah. Which is never a bad thing anyway. Not at all. So if, but if, you, so if you're making like one sandwich, let's say, you could probably get away with doing the eggs in an eight inch yeah. or 10, but you if could. you're doing more, obviously. You want a bigger skillet. I'm putting my stove on medium heat, even medium low if you have a really powerful stove. I might turn it up later, but to cook eggs, because eggs can cook so quickly and I don't want to burn them before the yolk is to the point where I want it, I don't want too high a heat. I think that's the big mistake people make a lot of the time is cooking their eggs on too high a heat. I'm going to put a nice pat of butter in there. Yes. This is not a sandwich if you're on any sort of diet that restricts your yummy intake. <laughs> Let's just call it. I'm all about the yummy intake. Because there are carbohydrates, there is fat, there are nightshades. Yeah. There are all the things that I deeply believe in in the morning. I believe in them with you. I just also want to say that this isn't an egg sandwich that I eat every morning. It's sort of a special occasion sandwich, and that's what makes it even more delicious. So as that butter is melting, how are your, what are your thoughts on a late night egg sandwich? Oh, equally. Okay, good. <laughs> equally strong. I would eat this sandwich either before 9 a.m. or after midnight. Perfection. Actually, between midnight and 9 a.m. <laughs> is the perfect time to eat this sandwich. Any time on that spectrum, yeah. you're going to enjoy it all the better. Yeah. So that heat, as she said, was about medium or medium low. If your stove is, is powerful and the butter is like slowly melting, what you don't want is your butter to like sizzle up and go crazy. Your heat is probably a little too high. That's right. But you want the butter to start to sizzle, which it's starting to do now. You just don't want that butter to brown before you've put the eggs in there. I you see don't a burn. massive tip alert coming yes. from you. So I can rake my eggs right into my pan, but if you want to be a little more precise about it for the shape of the egg and to just make sure you don't get any shell or you're not dealing with a wonky egg situation, sometimes I like to break the egg into a little cup and then pour it in, into the pan. The other thing about an egg that this is like one of the biggest revelations of my life, taught to me by Jacques Pepin, 
who, like in the flesh, actually he taught this tip to me, which I'm pretty proud to say because I, you know, like every person in America who has ever watched him or known anything about him, he is an extraordinarily iconic, incredible human and obviously one of the greatest cooks living today. True. And he, you know, knows how to do everything perfectly with an egg. And one big tip he taught me that seems really obvious in retrospect is never, ever crack your egg on, the cor- on a corner. Everyone wants to do that. Everyone wants to crack it on the corner of the bowl, right? You're right. Or on the corner of the stove or on the corner of the counter. Don't do that because that is another opportunity for the shell to get pushed into the egg and then come out onto your pan. You always, always want to crack your egg on a flat surface. So right there on the flat surface, and then it'll almost always split perfectly. Just like that. Amazing. And then you can pour it right out into your pan, and it takes a really nice shape. And I'm going to do four of these. So start cracking your eggs, whether you're using a little bowl or ramekin. Actually, I'm going to probably cook two at a time to make sure I don't. All right. So we have a 10-inch skillet, and we're going to do two at a time. And you can hear that beautiful sound. That means the heat is right where it should be. You can hear it sizzling, but it's not sputtering. Like the butter isn't sputtering around. Yeah, it smells incredible. Another thing that I do sometimes, if I'm doing a sunny side up egg, I actually, I really like an over easy egg. But if I'm doing it sunny side up, something I might do is take the lid of a pan, of a pot and put it over the pan briefly, and that helps to steam it and cook the top of the egg. And you can leave it there for, you know, 30 seconds or so, and it'll cook the top really evenly. Got it. Because it creates steam from that heat. So while the egg's cooking, I'm going to tell you a little one or two things about some of these other ingredients, maybe. The first is the pepidus I talked about earlier, the sort of mild, mildly piquant pepper from South Africa. These are South African pepper that get pickled. And the reason I love them so much, I have an an association with them from my childhood. My father's from South Africa. And so we spent every Christmas there and went there all of my life, probably once every other year until I was about 23 years old, at which time almost all our family immigrated to Australia. So we didn't have a reason to go back to South Africa anymore, which makes me sad for lots of reasons because it's an incredible country. But I have very strong associations with the food of South Africa from my childhood. My memories of those early trips aren't that strong because I was so young, except for the food. And one of those foods are pepadu peppers. They put them on everything, especially with grilled meat. I feel like they've been there forever, but they got really popular here in the States. Like Recently, yeah, last few years. Yeah, exactly. Huh. So I like to keep a jar of them in the fridge, and I find they go on everything. The whole thing about this sandwich, I'm going to lift this up, and you can see. So your egg's been cooking for about 90 seconds or yeah. so. And that looks beautiful. There you go. They're, they're nice looking. I'm going to leave them one more minute. I actually want to just look at one thing. But the thing about this sandwich that I believe is really the tip of the whole thing is that there's a lot of acid in the sandwich. And I think that's what balances and makes it the perfect egg sandwich. Yeah. Three points where acid plays on the carbohydrates of the bread and the fatty creaminess of the egg and the cheese. And that's the pepidus, mustard, and pickles. And I just feel like they make the whole darn thing. 
when you asked me before about the bodega sandwich, yes, there is a real purpose, especially on like a Friday morning when you have to go to work, but you went out drinking the night before. <laughs> Everyone knows exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> the bodega sandwich in New York is iconic and amazing, but the thing about it is that it's usually just bacon, egg, cheese. And those are three things that have so much fat in them. And that's why we love them when we've been drinking. But wouldn't it be so much better if there was just a little acid in there to counter it all and just like give it some dimension. And so I, whenever I order my bodega sandwich, I always ask them for mustard with it. And often they look at me like I'm crazy, but I'm telling you it's a game changer. Interesting. All right, so. All right, three minutes. But listen, th this isn't like exact and precise. As Gail no. mentioned, everyone's stove gives off different heat. So you may have an electric stove or one that kicks, you know, a lot of gas. So, you know, Watch gauge. your egg. I want my egg to still be runny in the center, but the white to be fully cooked. I flipped that one because I flipped my second egg before I removed it to cook the other side just for a second because it was still looking a little translucent on top of the yolk. Got it. But you don't need to do that. Oh, look at that crazy look bubble. Look at that. It's like yeah, talking the, to you. You know, the thing about cooking is people who don't spend a lot of time cooking are always asking me for like real specifics, right? How many minutes? And I'm sure that you get this all the time, yeah. Cappy. Can we call you Cappy for the, everyone call, right? Like, I just didn't know if people call you Andrew on this yeah. show. <laughs> Someone called you, you called him Andrew yesterday. There are other people in this room with me. And I was like, I'm sorry, who, who, who are you talking about? <laughs> Hadn't heard anyone call you that in a long time. So just want to make sure. Um, but I'm sure you get this a lot that people are always asking sort of like, they want the specifics precise, how many minutes. And that, you know, doesn't happen when you cook. The cooking is really about all of your senses. And yes, there's science to it. But a lot of it really has to come from the looking and, and feeling and hearing and tasting of the food. Yeah. So two more eggs are going in the two eggs real are cooked. Quick. They're removed to a little holding plate, if you will, and then we'll get going with two more eggs. Oh, Would you I just add put two in together? But um, that's fine. So it looks like you don't need to add more butter uh, to the pan. I don't really need to because yeah. there's a lot, but I'm going to put a tiny bit in the middle because I see there's a bit of a dry spot. I need my towel. There it is over, over there. Thank you very much. Okay. I feel like I've made eggs a thousand times and I still like get a little anxious how it's going to come out. Yes. Anxiousness I think is good. But you it's were like, just so chill about it all. Well, and it was, I, I do make a lot of great. eggs, but there's always that anticipation of There's a lot of variables in like, the I'm putting two in egg. right now together. I'm going to separate them, but okay. you know, eggs are persnickety. <laughs> and also a topic of debate. Everyone likes them to be completely different. I have very strong opinions about eggs, so I spend a lot of time cooking them. They're also sort of like a family favorite, and they're great for everyone at all times of day. I'm like a big believer in eating eggs, you know, yeah. breakfast, lunch, and dinner. What about shopping for eggs, buying eggs? Do you look to go brown shell? Does that matter? Okay, no, I know a lot about this. Okay. I spent a summer working on a chicken farm. No way. Yes, it's a crazy situation. I was in Israel on a kibbutz when I was 18. Wow. And I was assigned to the chicken farm. And I learned way more about chickens than I ever wanted to know, quite frankly. And I'm not a fan of them in terms of befriending them. They are not nice animals. They are bird brains. There's a real reason that that huh. term exists. But I learned a lot about eggs. And the first thing I learned is that the color of the shell has absolutely no bearing on anything. Really? White, brown, blue, doesn't matter. It looks pretty. We're used to sit them certain ways, but the shell absolutely is 100% cosmetic. 
Huh. doesn't matter. It depends on just the kind of chicken and whatever it is. Even the color of the yolk sometimes doesn't matter because people are always like, oh, that yolk is so orange. And there is a huge spectrum of yolk color, but the yolk color is often determined by their feed. So there are, leg- you know, urban, le- I don't know, myths about some farms feed their chickens with a little bit of saffron or with a little bit of annatto seed, and that will make their yolks much more bright orange. I buy organic eggs because I want to know that the feed that my chickens are getting is organic and no antibiotics. That's, I think, the most important thing. Actually, I belong to, here in Brooklyn, where we are right now, I belong to a really amazing CSA company, company, that's not the right word, organization. It's not quite a CSA. I would call it a a farm collective. And the woman who owns the organization lives upstairs in my building. And we became really good friends. And she's an amazing woman. And the thing that she was hearing from everyone, she wanted to help the food system and work with local farmers because there's so many small farmers that are getting, you know, plowed over by big farm and um, big supermarkets and they just don't stand a chance and they don't get government subsidies the way that other farms do that, that grow big crops. And so she wanted to support the local farmers in New York state and in the tri-state where we are actually also, you know, in, uh, within the, let's say 150 miles of here. And, she, but the problem with CSAs that she was hearing from consumers is that everyone's scared to buy into a CSA because you don't know what you're getting and you can't customize it. And then you're like, you know, stuck with a whole big thing of kale for six months, you know what to do with it. So she made all these relationships with farmers all over the area for all different products. And you can go online on her website. It's called Local Roots New York City. And you can pick everything you want. And once a week, it's delivered to a little stand two blocks from here and I can go pick it up. And they deliver all over New York. That's great. So I get once a week whole milk from her for my children and my coffee, and eggs, fruits, and vegetables. And sometimes we take a break in the winter from the fruits and vegetables, but that's where I get my eggs from, actually, every week. And they're from a farm, you know, within 100 miles of here, and they're beautiful, delicious, great eggs. And a lot of the farmers don't have the organic certification because they have to be a certain size, and it costs a lot of money, but they are just the best quality and everything about them is organic, except some some of them don't have that, you know, full kind of stamp. Yeah, but that's cool. The milk as well is from an amazing dairy called Battenkill. I think it's called Battenkill. I don't know. Anyway, there so are if anyone creamery. doesn't know, CSA, which stands for Community Supported Agriculture, in tons of cities across the U.S. Mm-hmm. have them, and you could sign up to join one. And as Gail said, a lot of them, you pay for a basket of produce every week or every other week or once a month, whatever you sign up for and you get this great quality box and and the good thing about this particular one is too i mean you can get meat you can get honey you can get you know bread they do you know from a million different kinds of farmers so you can really customize your grocery list to them and don't have to worry that you're not going to use it and that anything's going to go to waste cool all right right, about four four and a half minutes again yours may be done or you may need a few seconds so you're looking as gail said you're looking for the white to be cooked and none of the slimy looking stuff. Correct. And that, that yolk to still be nice and soft because there's a purpose for that. 
So as I start my sandwich, my eggs are going to sit aside for a minute. They're warm. They will cool a bit. But when they go back into the hot sandwich, they will reheat and it will be perfect. And this whole thing is going to come together really quickly now. So we don't have to worry about them sitting out for a very long time. The next step is to spread mayonnaise on your sandwich. And this might look like a normal thing to do because then you're going to maybe put the eggs between the bread. But the tip here is that the mayonnaise is actually going on the outside. Some people butter their bread for an egg sandwich. The pro tip sounds ridiculous, but the pro tip is mayonnaise to fry your egg on the outside. That's the fat that you use to fry the egg on the out. You're putting the mayonnaise on the outside and it goes, you know, the mayonnaise side goes down. I've heard this with like grilled cheeses too. Yes, it's the same concept with grilled cheese because it makes it so crispy. And I mean, mayonnaise is egg yolks and oil essentially. So it's, it's good fat that is going to just crisp up and make your sandwich that much more tasty. Oh yeah, up your game a little bit with some mayo for the crispness. Correct. So now I'm going to, I, I put, I spread mayonnaise on all four pieces of bread. I'm making two sandwiches here. Same, and we're using the same pan yes. that you cook the eggs in. I put a little more butter in the pan. I'm going to melt that and then I'm going to put two of the slices, mayonnaise side down into the pan. Well, I'm just going to spread that. A little more. They fit perfectly. And then while they're starting to toast up, I'm going to turn my heat up a little so it's just like a low, medium, high. Does that sound normal? No. Um, Just past medium towards high. So I'm heating it up, but again, you don't want to burn it. The fat will burn if you crank it up too high. So while the mayonnaise side is crisping up on the bottom, I'm going to spread mustard right in the pan. On Right onto the top onto of the, the bread. bread. Okay. You can hear that lovely noise, audio. Yes, everybody, that happens <laughs> the to Gail, too. the very end of my spicy it, the, mustard. The end of the mustard bottle happens to Gail, too, everybody. That's right. They're just like us. <laughs> they finish their mustard. So mustard conversation quickly. You can yeah, really use it. any mustard that you like here. I'm using a spicy brown mustard, but if you have Dijon mustard, great By the way, yellow ballpark mustard, awesome. Just to get real fancy, if you have a small like offset pastry spatula, it's a great tool to spread here because it's not flat. You know, it's hard to kind of get in with a flat knife to spread. But if you have a slightly offset spatula, it really makes the spreading easy. Again, remember that acid, the mustard is gonna be key to bringing the whole thing together. Wow, that smells really good. I feel like you're kind of uh, not underplaying this egg sandwich because you talk about the components, but I feel like this is one yeah, of those things not, where you're going to take just a bite. Your I mean, this yeah. is a much more complex sandwich. This is for a very lazy Sunday. But I feel like you're going to take. I'm going to take a bite and like. Yeah, go you make this it might blow your mind. I don't know. I'm not yeah. saying either way. And then I'm going to lay down some of my pepper dues, maybe like four to six on every on both on both because these are each different sandwiches. We're building up, and then we're going to put these. On. We're not closing this up together. Now, the pepadus come in a jar, right? But they did, do. did you. Just drained them. Okay. Out of the jar, they come with, you know, they're in liquid, like in a brine. You want to kind of get flat ones. This is serious. There business. you go. Some pepadus. 
And then, right on top of the pepidus, slices of cheese. That cheddar cheese that we talked about, sharp cheddar. Like deli deli slices, thin slices of sharp cheddar cheese. And that's going to start to melt right there. Bread's been getting nice and griddled for nearly Mm -hmm. a few minutes. Oh, oh man, that looks good. Going to just toast it up for one more minute while the heat starts to melt the cheese slices. All right, so let's speed round it up. How's that? Tell us your favorite person you're following on Instagram. For the food porn, no leftovers. For the New York food porn, but also amazing travel. And for the words of inspiration, Glendon Doyle. Is there a song that you're obsessed with right now? Hmm. I mean, I feel like all I listen to these days is my children's music. Although my daughter just recently, of her own accord, got really into Florence and the Machine. Wow. Which is awesome. She's almost six. And so that's on repeat, and it's kind of nice. I mean, I'm like back into Florence and the Machine, which is great. Although it's not necessarily something I'm obsessed with. I'm trying to think. How about like an entrance song? Oh, like like the entrance to my stadium shows? Yeah. That's the big anthem. I mean... (laughs) I'd have to probably go Arcade Fire, a big Arcade Fire anthem, a little Canadian in there. Yeah. Well, well, let me do this here. I'm going to put pickles on, two slices across each, and then I'm going to put the second slice on top like that, and then I'm going to flip the sandwich. Woo! Okay. Yum. And I'm going to, oh, we got a little crispy there, but we're going to be okay. Okay. Last one. Do you have any superstitions? Well, I don't know if I would call it a superstition, but there's one ingredient that I cannot eat, and it's completely irrational. I will eat it in a professional manner if I'm served it on Top Chef, for example, or in the course of my work at a restaurant, a chef cooks it for me especially, or I'm at a dinner party. But I will never choose to order, make, bring into my home black beans. It's weird. It's terrible. I have nothing against beans. I don't want anyone to get mad at me. I love all other beans, but I have had very bad reactions after eating black beans, whether it was because of the black beans or not. And because of that, I just have an association with black beans that isn't pleasant. And I have cut them out of my diet altogether on principle. I have anger towards them. You're fine with other beans? Amazing with other beans. I'll eat every other kind of bean. Is there an ingredient or dish that you hang on to that you don't quite want to let go of? Everything. <laughs> I mean, that's the best thing that like gets me through the end of August and into September when you know that like the school year is starting, work has to get a little more serious again, you get busy, the fall brings all kinds of fresh starts to the sort of that cycle of your year and you know that the cold weather is coming. But people forget that corn, peaches, and tomatoes go into October, at least here in the Northeast. So I hold on to them for dear life. In fact, I often will uh, freeze a lot of peaches so that I can then take, you know, I'll slice and, and freeze them so that I can take them out a couple months later and make them into something 
whether it's like jam or just a, a little compote. Wait, so you literally my oatmeal. You're literally like slicing them and then freezing them in mm-hmm. like a freezer. My son will suck on them. You know, he's a, I have a very small baby, so they're perfect for him to sort yeah. of like suck on. They turn to mush a little bit, but they're still those like beautiful late summer huh. peaches. That's great. Okay, so just to recap. Bread with mayo on one side. I spread mustard on the second side. Pepidus, cheese, pickles. Put the second slice of bread with the mayonnaise on the outside on top and flipped them so that second slice of mayonnaise is now on the bottom. And don't be confused. Your egg is still not in there. Right. Your egg is still not in there. These are good, if a little crispy. I'm removing them to my cutting board, and then I'm going to slide in... Oh, sorry, I wanted to flip that. And then I'm going to slide in three things. I'm going to slide in a big tomato, some lettuce, and then my eggs. But, oh, I'm going to sprinkle my eggs with a little salt and pepper before I do that. So turn your heat off, remove your sandwich to your cutting board, opening up the top, sliding in some tomato, sliding in some lettuce, and you're SMPing your eggs before you slither them into the sandwich. And that, as you mentioned, that residual heat from the sandwich is kind of going to... Warm everything up. Oh my gosh, this looks so good. (laughs) This is a big sandwich. Sliding in my tomato. A slice of lettuce. And my eggs. Right on top. Hmm, Serious business. Yeah, this is a very large sandwich and you won't regret it. There we go. Now, hold on. Holding. Get you a plate, Cappy, because I'm classy. Reaping the benefits here. Um, slice it with a serrated knife. I would move it first to your plate and then slice it because there could be some yolkage. Ah. I made that word up, but you know what I mean. Ah, there is. Slice your egg sandwich in half. Yolkage, if you look it up in the Oxford Dictionary in a year and a half. Will be a word. Will be a word. The bread sort of came apart, but I'm going to do two of them. You can sort of see the, the beauty yes. that's inside. Hold on. Second plate, second sandwich, gently serrated knife. Yokage happening. Yokage. All of it happens. And there you go. Now I'm like excited for you to give it a try. Yeah, I'm about to stop talking and... Yeah, well, you won't be able to talk. I'll get you a napkin. You're going to need it. Great. Here I go, peeps. Mmm. Mmm. You get, you picking up what I'm putting down? Like everything. And it all serves a purpose. Yes. Like sweet kind of pepidus. I don't need to go through every ingredient like you, you know we do, layering. but I see and the, the layering. Egg, although there's yolkage, the egg actually, you know, is cooked just enough that yeah. it doesn't just leak out it's, everywhere and become perfect. a big fat mess. Thank you so much. We hope your egg sandwich came out as beautiful as this one. Hashtag cook tracks. If you're gonna cook it, post it. We wanna see it. And thank you again, Gail Simmons. Thank you. It was a pleasure. I like making breakfast for you, Kathy. <laughs> Whether you just listened for fun or you cooked right along with us, we want to thank you. If you did cook a recipe, we want to see your food. Take a pic, 
and tag it with hashtag CookTracks. You can find more info and keep up to date with us at CookTracks.com. CookTracks is cooked up by Cappy, Ian Cohen, and Charlie Dugiello with editing from Joel Yeaton. Music has been composed by Jeffrey David Goldford. Special thanks to Red Summit Productions. Please rate, review, and or subscribe to this podcast on your listening site of choice. Thanks for listening to Cook Tracks. We got your back in the kitchen.